Welcome to War Stories. I'm Preston Stewart, and this is a show where we talk about America's military history through the lens of individual acts of heroism and valor. Enjoy. Today, we've got the story of Staff Sergeant David Bellavia. Staff Sergeant Bellavia would be awarded the Medal of Honor for actions he took during the Iraq War, specifically the Second Battle of Fallujah that took place in the late fall to winter of 2004. So Staff Sergeant Bellavia was a squad leader serving with the 2nd Battalion, 2nd Infantry Regiment, part of the 1st Infantry Division, Big Red 1. And in the winter of 2004, they would be heavily involved, one of the leading units in the Second Battle of Fallujah, a battle that would end up being one of the bloodiest of the Iraq War. Second Battle of Fallujah took place from 7 November to 23 December, so a month and a half or so, but it was very concentrated heavy fighting for about a week and a half at the beginning. I think nine days is the number of intense, intense house-to-house combat after which there was still substantial enemy contact, but it was a lot more mopping up pockets than a concerted drive to the city center. So the second, so Fallujah is a city that sits outside west, sits outside of Baghdad to the west. And at the start of the Iraq war, there wasn't a major focus on Fallujah. It came across as relatively pro-American. Maybe a better way to put it is not obviously anti-American. That would change with time, and it would slowly deteriorate. The first battle of Fallujah was the product of that slow deterioration, which I think generally was happening across the country. We're just focused on this little piece of Fallujah. But the first battle kicked off in um, April of 2004 after some American contractors that worked for Blackwater were ambushed, killed. Their bodies were burned and drugged through the street and hung from a bridge. Made the news, outraged the country, outraged a lot of other countries as well. And in turn, the United States went into Fallujah in force, saying, we're going to pacify this city. And, you know, we're close enough now you know, less than 20 years from this date, but it's, it's interesting already to be able to look back and we hit that city with just over 2000 troops and said, well, we'll pacify Fallujah. That didn't work. 2000. Well, so the U S army Marines push into the city, um, in, in April of 2004 to, you know, pacify the city. There's pretty substantial collateral damage. A lot of civilians are killed. A lot of infrastructure starts to get destroyed and at the behest of the interim Iraqi government, uh, Paul Bremer instigate, or institutes a ceasefire that the United States adopts just a few days into the fighting. So U.S. forces took about 25% of the city, but it was getting rough. So they, they uh, adopted a ceasefire. The ceasefire was a little more of uh, the United States not conducting offensive operations, but there were still quite a few attacks on coalition personnel. Eventually, on May 1st, the U.S. withdrew from the city, saying that we're going to hand this over to the Iraqi government, the Iraqi military, specifically a group called the Fallujah Brigade. I would say at this point, we can look back and say we were a little starry eyed. 
we handed this 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 city over to an organization. We're hoping for the best, and man, that would have worked out. <laughs> I feel like the entire Iraq War would have been different if some of these decisions had panned out as maybe they looked on paper. But we handed the city over to the to the Fallujah Brigade, and just quickly, the thing dissolves and doesn't become, but kind of. Ju- ah. I'm hesitant to say the Fallujah Brigade became the insurgency because that's not not the right um, not the right progression. But the weapons, the equipment, the facilities, the personnel, almost all of it made its way into the grip and control of the now empowered Sunni insurgency that was taking grip in Fallujah. So we withdraw from Fallujah during after the first battle. We watch this happen from the outside. You start to see more foreign fighters flow into the city, and this is really it's 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 the flag in the ground for this for the Sunni insurgency and what would start to take form as Al Qaeda in Iraq under Abu Musab al Zarqawi. This is their this is their moment. They repelled American forces. The Americans only came so far into the city before they had to withdraw. A little bit of a rallying cry at this point, with not a lot of victories for the insurgency at this point in the war. The first Battle of Fallujah can be argued as a, as an insurgent victory. They or it can be a better way to put that is it can be spun as an insurgent victory. I think the United States would say, well, we had a ceasefire. We didn't want to kill more civilians. So we walked out, but you can see how the other side can say, well, we repelled you. So very soon after we start looking at a renewed push into Fallujah this time, you know, gloves off, if you will, there's an Iraqi election coming up in January and we got to deal with this. We, the United States, the coalition forces, we've got to deal with this growing Sunni insurgency going on in Fallujah. It's getting out of hand. So in November, the second battle, the second battle of Fallujah kicks off known as Operation Phantom Fury. This time, like I said, gloves off, 13,000 troops go in. Remember the first battle of Fallujah was 2,000. So I don't know the, you know, the best way to say this is learn the lesson or be a little more deliberate, or maybe the resources just freed up. We were going in hard this time. So operation kicks off, ends up being about a month and a half long. There's nine days. It it, it starts with JTACs, joint terminal attack controllers that guide uh, airstrikes. They can use uh, laser designators to identify targets. They can call up grids. You need a JTAC to serve as the controller on the ground for precision strikes or a drone over overhead, but a, a JTAC on the ground is always a great resource. There were JTACs and snipers from all branches moved into the city um, under cover of darkness on 7 November, 2004. And on 8 November, 2004, the insurgents are going to wake up to precision munitions hitting them from above, large-scale artillery strikes in pockets of the city, uh, helicopter attacks happening everywhere they, they poke their head out, and six battalions of U.S. Marines and Iraqi forces closing in around the position. A substantial amount of Iraqi civilians have evacuated the city, I mean, upwards of maybe 90%. So it's not a free-for-all, but the coalition is coming in to to mop up this insurgency. It's going to be a fight, and it's it's going to be an urban fight. So that moves us to Staff Sergeant David Bellavia. Staff Sergeant Bellavia is a squad leader, an infantry squad leader serving with 2-2 Infantry. He has a, a group of 9 to 10 soldiers that he's leading, and they're clearing house to house. Now, 
What I want to get into a little bit is the nature of this urban combat and how challenging it is. There are, when you're clearing house to house, you, every single door you go in, every single hallway you walk down could be the end of your life. Just think about your house or your apartment or a friend's house. Stand on the front door and get ready to open that door. And as soon as you open it, on the other side of that door, there might be a suicide bomber ready to detonate his vest. There might be a guy with an AK-47 pointed at your face. You might open the door to a room of 12 guys with AK-47s. You might open the door to some strange jugs in the corner, set to detonate as soon as you enter the room. Maybe the door is booby-trapped. Or maybe there's kids inside that are trying to hide from the fighting and they don't know where to go. They certainly can't be outside. So there's 12 kids huddled up or about six women or two elderly men. Like you don't know when you kick in the door, open the door, knock down the door, whatever it might be. These guys have to be prepared for every one of those. Sometimes multiple. Sometimes there's kids in one corner and three guys on the other side shooting at you. Every single room, every single hallway, every single closet that they open, they have to be ready for that. What that means is they have to have this violence of action. There's no opening a door and kind of poking your head in and wondering, I wonder what's on the other side. And then I'll decide they have to hit the door and go. Think about how exhausting that would be just to do it in your house, just through your house. Now do it in house after house you've never been in. How about building after building, structure, office, industrial, building you've never been in one after the other, after the other. And every time you turn a corner, every time you open a door, there could be a guy there waiting to kill you. Think of the emotional toll that takes on you. Think of how exhausting that becomes after a period of time. Staff Sergeant Bellavia and his men have been doing this for a few days, as have countless Marines and soldiers across Fallujah that day, that month, that war, and really throughout history, right? But as they're clearing rooms, Staff Sergeant Bellavia and his men come into an insurgent stronghold, come into a building they don't know yet, knock on the door start to move inside, and they're met with a fury of fire. It puts his guys in a tough position. It damages his rifle. It, it becomes unserviceable. There's a, it actually gets struck by a round, and he can't use it. And his guys are, are in a tough spot. They've got to move out of this, this kill zone, this, this small enclosed room. So Staff Sergeant Bellavia grabs the squad automatic weapon, a light machine gun from one of his guys, and goes into the room on what we call full cyclic. So he just holds the trigger down and sprays at these enemy fighters to suppress and, and hold them back. It allows these guys to exit the area. And as they, they kind of exit the kill zone, Staff Sergeant Bellavia goes back in and sees an insurgent fighter standing there, manning an RPG, getting ready to fire it at his guys. So he picks up his weapon, destroys the target, wounds another man next to him, wounds another insurgent next to him. That guy takes off to another part of the house. I want to remind you, we don't know what this house looks like. He didn't know what this house looked like. He still doesn't know what this house looks like, even though he's standing in it. But he knows now, after killing one and wounding another, that there's a room behind him that he hasn't cleared. So he turns around to go into that room, comes across another insurgent fighter, kills him. Again, remember, every single door, every single window, every single stairwell can be somebody waiting to kill you. That's the house that Staff Sergeant Bellavia found himself in. He's now killed two, wounded one. He starts to move up the stairs, is engaged by another enemy fighter, kills that, kills that man, and kills one more before he makes his way up to the second story of a roof, the second story roof of this building. 
he walks out. And of course, you know, killing four insurgent fighters in a house by yourself isn't enough. A fifth jumps down on him from above. Sergeant Bell- Staff Sergeant Bellavia is able to pull up his weapon, fires, hits the, hits the insurgent who rolls off the roof, severely wounded him. That's four killed, one wounded with you know, Rambo going through the house, clearing room after room. It's, it's crazy. These houses were, were, you know, I guess earlier I said, use the example of your house, but I don't know that that paints the full picture. Use the example of your house, but make sure that the people know that you're coming and they get the opportunity to defend against it. Do you think they're going to be sitting on their couch in the middle of the room? Or do you think they're going to be behind a couch with, with sandbags and grenades? Or do you think they're going to cut holes in the wall to where they can stick a rifle through and shoot you without you seeing them? Or do you think there's going to be tunnels? That's what Staff Sergeant Bellavia walked into. Those are the rooms these soldiers were coming across. So he didn't walk into a nice, clean room with the lights on and it's, it's, he can take a quick look and see there's nobody here. There were underground bunkers. There were fake walls. There were guys hiding behind couches. There was furniture moved in front of doors. So you had, so these soldiers with hundreds of pounds of gear open the door. And before they can even move forward, they're getting shot at and they have to step through a, a, a tangle of chairs and furniture and clothing while insurgent fighters are shooting them. That's why this was some of the, the nastiest fighting since Vietnam. One of the places it's compared to is the Pacific Theater of World War II. And the comparison there is, there, while not as much direct urban combat, especially on some of the islands in the Pacific, you were dealing with Japanese fighters in tunnels that wouldn't surrender, would fight to the last man, were willing to sacrifice themselves, and would just hole up in a corner with no exit and shoot everybody who walked through the door. That was happening during the Second Battle of Fallujah. That is what Staff Sergeant Bellavia understood could be around every corner, could be in every room, could be up every stairwell as he went about clearing that house. And it's not like he got to clear this house after taking a month-long vacation and studied it from you know, advanced aerial imagery and, and 3D renderings. He went into that house not knowing what each room entailed. And time and again, what was in that room was an insurgent fighter trying to kill him. You can't, he didn't have the opportunity to make a mistake and he didn't. He cleared the entire house, a fortified house, killing foreign insurgents that were doing their best to kill his men, to kill Americans, wounded another and saved his squad from having to go in and take out one after the other, after the other. And for doing so, Staff Sergeant David Bellavia will be awarded the United States Medal of Honor. He survived the deployment, survived the war, and was awarded the medal in 2019. Hey, thanks for listening to War Stories. If you get a chance, it'd mean an awful lot if you could head over to Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast and leave a review. It helps others to to find the show. But thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time.